Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, it is a privilege as well as a pleasure to welcome you to today's worship, and I hope you feel the same sense of joy and expectation as we come before the Lord to give him our honor and praise as well as to hear from him his special word for us today. As we gather, let me remind you that you may express your prayer concerns to us by writing to prayers at villagechurch.org. You may write about other concerns by writing to me at jackbaca at villagechurch.org. You may send in your financial support for the church either through the mail at Box 704 in Rancho Santa Fe or going online at villagechurch.org. We are continuing to receive our special emergency offering for COVID relief. We have a $35,000 dollar-for-dollar matching grant from our Missions Commission, and the last day for receiving that offering before we disperse it both locally and around the world uh, will be June 15th. So if you've not yet participated, we encourage you to do so as the Lord leads you, and in that way we will share our resources with so many around the world who are suffering because of the coronavirus. We have some beautiful flowers this morning with us that are a gift from Laverne and Bob Briggs in memory of their son and brother Jimmy, as well as a husband and father Blaine. And so thank you to the Briggs for remembering those two special folks in this special way. We have some candles with us this morning that are actually from the chapel at Kirtland Air Force Base. When the old chapel was torn down and a new one was built, many of the liturgical items were given out, and many, many years ago, decades in fact, Helen's family was able to uh, receive these two special sets of candles, and they represent for us, both in the flames and then in the obvious red color that you see today, our celebration of Pentecost. The flames and the red remind us of the flames of fire that represented the gift of the Holy Spirit that was given to the church. One final note as we prepare to worship, and that is that we plan to return to on-site worship at the church beginning on Sunday, June 28th at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock in the morning. Please see your email for much more detail about these planned gatherings, and then pray that we, in fact, will be able to gather for worship. If you are not able to be there or simply choose not to be, we will continue to produce these video services so that you may join in this way in worship. And now, friends, let's be called together to worship using these words from the 111th Psalm. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who have pleasure in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Friends, Let's worship the living God. i 
As believers in Jesus, we are given the Holy Spirit who indwells us. But as an Anglican vicar once said to his parishioners, we have the Holy Spirit, but the problem is we leak. Sin gets into our lives and distracts us, and we begin to follow ungodly desires rather than following the power of the Holy Spirit. But God always invites us to confess our sins and be assured of forgiveness. The mercy of the Lord comes to us every time we ask for God's mercy. Take a moment just to pray silently before we join together in the prayer of confession. Let us pray. Almighty God, who sent the promised power of the Holy Spirit to fill disciples with willing faith, we confess that we have held back the force of your Spirit among us, that we have been slow to serve you and reluctant to spread the good news of your love. God, have mercy on us. Forgive our divisions and by your Spirit draw us together. Fill us with flaming desire to do your will and be a faithful people for the sake of your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hear now these words of assurance. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. May the God who gives us his mercy dwell in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Having confessed our sins, being assured of forgiveness in Christ Jesus and filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, let us greet one another. May the peace of Christ be with you. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of
Kids Village, today is Reformation Sunday. Today we remember the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within our hearts, and we also remember the people who have passed away from proclaiming the good news of Jesus. We remember this day by the color red. That is why I am wearing this red dress. That's why you'll see a lot of people wearing red today. We can also be reminded by looking at other things in our house that are the color red. It was very easy for me to find this red Lego that our little Anna plays with at home. She also plays with this little person that is part of her farmhouse who is wearing a red shirt. There are all kinds of things in our houses that are red. So as you go about your day in this next week, you can be reminded that when you see the color red, that you have the power of the Holy Spirit living within your hearts and that Jesus is with you all of the time. We look forward to seeing you all for Vacation Bible School, which we are doing online this year. So please be sure to look out for all of that information. We're closing the month of May with our Sunday school lessons. So we'll see you all next month, which is next week for the month of June. See you soon. What a wonderful name it is, 
spirit and hope of Pentecost, we come to the point in our worship service where we present our prayers of thanksgiving and prayers of intercession and petition for ourselves, for our loved ones, for the nation, for the world during this coronavirus global pandemic. I'll offer a pastoral prayer on our behalf and I'll invite all of us to pray together those words which Jesus Christ taught his disciples. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving God, in the beginning, you created heaven and earth. In the fullness of time, you restored all things in Jesus Christ. We pray that you would renew our world in this day with your grace and mercy. You breathe life into the flesh you created. Now by your spirit, breathe new life into the children of earth. Turn hatred into love, sorrow into joy, and war into peace. Lord, you desire the unity of all people. Set aflame the whole church with the fire of your spirit. Unite us to stand in the world as a sign of your love. Through your spirit, you supply every human need. Heal the sick and comfort the distressed. Befriend the friendless and help the helpless. Your spirit restores our anxious spirits. So in our labor, grant us rest. In our temptation, grant us strength. In our sadness, grant your consolation. Come, Holy Spirit, rain upon our dry and dusty lives. Wash away our sin and heal our wounded spirits. Kindle within us the fire of your love. With your warmth, bend our rigidity and guide our wandering feet. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray, who taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs> Pium beviote via mungu etu, nam fome etu. Pazeni sauti, 
scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as these scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. The next day, Moses sat as judge for the people, while the people stood around him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, 
they come to me and I decide between one person and another, and I make known to them the statutes and instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both you and these people with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel, and God be with you. You should represent the people before God, and you should bring their cases before God. Teach them the statutes and instructions and make known to them the way they are to go and the things they are to do. You should also look for able men among all the people, men who fear God, are trustworthy and hate dishonest gain. Set such men over them as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. Let them bring every important case to you, but decide every minor case themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people will go to their home in peace. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And now a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, Friends, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two. Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The word of the Lord. I don't know if it's a blessing or perhaps it's an affliction. But oftentimes when I am pondering deep theological themes and biblical truths, a certain song will pop into my head. Not necessarily a religious song, but some kind of a song that I've grown up with in the past. As I was thinking about today's theme, this particular song that was sung by Helen Reddy in 1974 kept running through my head. Here are some of the lyrics. You and me against the world. Sometimes it seems like you and me against the world. When all the others turn their backs and walk away, you can count on me to stay. And when one of us is gone and one of us is left to carry on, then remembering we'll have to do. Our memories alone will get us through. Think about the days of me and you, of you and me against the world. You know, that's true. Sometimes it seems like it's just you and me against the world, and other times it seems like just me, like there maybe is no you. Do you ever feel that way? 
Well, today I want to talk about being alone in the coronavirus crisis. For the last several weeks, we have been focusing our attention on some of the crises that are discussed in the story of God's people, the story told in the scriptures. And this is the last time we're going to speak in that explicit way about the crises of scripture that speak to the crisis of our own day. Maybe it's the most important question that all of this crisis brings up for us. That is the question of being alone, of feeling alone, of dealing with all of this crisis alone. One of the most tragic stories that we have heard all too many times is about people who have been infected with the disease and then because of the need to stay away, they die alone without the presence of those who are nearest and dearest to them. If that doesn't tear your heart out, then I'm not sure that anything will. But it's not just those most extreme examples in this time that speak to us, of course. Many of us have been staying home much more than normal. Some of us are blessed to have a partner, a spouse, a family with us. But many, in fact all of us, are cut off from normal social contact. And that, and that brings a feeling of loneliness to us. Hard times all by themselves can make us feel lonely as we try to deal with unique and special challenges in life. Now, I realize some of you are in families, perhaps with little children, or maybe there are people living in your household that you've discovered you don't get along with particularly well. It may not feel so lonely if there are people underfoot all the time, people requiring your attention and your assistance, but still... Extreme challenges produce extreme emotional reactions within us. And all of us, sometimes even those who are continually surrounded by people, all of us can feel alone, as if we are fighting the battles of our lives and the battles of the world all by ourselves. It should be no surprise, of course, that the story of God and his people takes up this topic of being alone, of feeling lonely, of trying to deal with life all by ourselves. In the story of Exodus that we just heard, Moses has led the people out of Egypt. He's led them into the wilderness. And he, of course, is the acknowledged leader of the people. And so we hear that as the people begin to settle into this new nomadic life, they bring every single problem they have to the feet of Moses. It gets so bad that he spends nothing, uh, he, he spends all of his time doing, doing nothing but dealing with the problems that are brought to him. And, and he ends up being worn out. He can't get it all done. He can't answer every problem. He can't deal with every situation. He's exhausted, and the people are frustrated. And so Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, gives him some advice. This advice comes through Jethro's lips, but it's ultimately advice that comes from God. Jethro says very simply, Moses, the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Get some help, and your helpers will bear the burden with you, and then you'll be able to endure, and what's more, all of these people will go home in peace. That seems like pretty simple advice, but it can be hard advice to take. There's another story in Scripture, of course, this one from the book of the Acts of the Apostles. At the beginning of the book of Acts, we're told that Jesus ascends into heaven. He bodily, physically leaves the apostles. And there are, of course, 11 left. One of the 12 was already gone. The 11 decide that they need to fill out their number again. They need help, and so they pray, and they cast lots, and they choose another to be with them. 
They said, he will become a witness with us. He will help us do the job of telling other people the news about Jesus. Now note that immediately after this, we're told that the disciples were all together. And then the Holy Spirit came upon all of them. In a mysterious, miraculous, yet unmistakable experience, the wind, the fire came upon each of them, and all of them were filled. That's significant. They were gathered together, and God's Spirit came to all of them as they were together. This is the experience of Pentecost that we celebrate officially today. The experience of God giving his power to the whole church, to all people, not just to a few selected leaders, so that they can share the news about Christ and live the news about Christ and literally be about the business of bringing heaven to earth. Those are two fairly simple stories, but as always in these stories of Scripture, there are lessons for you and me to learn. Lessons that we are meant to take into our minds and into our hearts that then we live out in our own lives and experience the same blessing of God that those first followers did. One lesson we learn is that God has given us all we need to know about organizing and arranging human life on this planet so that we can thrive and live. I know that all of us, myself included, have lots of questions for God. We have lots of questions about life. And yet the basic things that we need to know are already there, already given to us by God in the, the gift of his word and in the gift of the experience that God's people have with each other as they live over time. Jethro was actually not a Hebrew. He was not one of the chosen people, but he was engrafted into those people because he came to know their God. But Jethro already knew some things from God. God gives his spirit to whoever God wants to give it to. God gives his knowledge to whoever he wants to give it to. Jethro had learned something simple. He had learned tried and tested uh, experience and, and wisdom for living life. Jesus, of course, had that same wisdom. Jesus was wisdom. Jesus was God. Jesus essentially had the same advice for folks. You must be together. Now, it has been noted, of course, in a paraphrase of one of Scripture's most famous passages that God so loved the world that he did not choose to send a committee. Instead, he came only as one. But, of course, the first thing that Jesus did when he got here and when he began his public ministry was to form a committee, was to form a group of people, the Twelve, and then many others, of course, around them. And so that's a lesson that we learned, that God has already given us much of what we need to know about living life by demonstrating to us and, and showing us in the experience of his people the wisdom and the truth of being together. Now, there's something else we can learn. And that is that in being together, we need to find good help and we need to be good help. Jethro said to Moses, find able and trustworthy and honest and reverent men to help. Notice, able, trustworthy, honest, reverent. Jethro literally says, find people who are not in it only for the money, only for their own gain. It can be hard to find good people to surround yourself with, and you also need to ask yourself the question, and uh, am I the kind of a person that someone else would want to have in their life to help them? When Peter stands up after Jesus is gone and says, guys, there's 11 of us left, we need to find another one, he says, let's find someone who has been with us the whole time as we have learned from Jesus, someone who by his own experience, by our own knowledge and relationship with him, we know to be a trustworthy, honest, knowledgeable person. 
And so that's another thing that God tells us, is that we need to work at being the kind of people who can be of service to others. And then, of course, the third thing is that we have to work together. We have to work together. Moses, very early on in his life, was given Aaron as his primary helper, his his right-hand man, so to speak. And then, of course, Jesus chose the 12. They went down to 11, but the 12 knew, the 11 that were left, of course, that, that they needed a full number. And from those original 12, then, many, many others were brought into leadership and into service. They elected elders, they elected bishops, they elected deacons. The simple fact is that all of Scripture tells us that we must work together. And then the fourth thing that we learn is that we have to work at it. Yes, work at it. Now, I realize that God's gift of salvation, God's gift of love, God's gift of forgiveness, all of those things, the gift of life itself is something that simply comes to us, that require no work from us. In fact, we cannot work hard enough to earn those things. But that doesn't mean that there is not work to do. God gives us all these amazing gifts, and then we have to work at using those gifts with each other. Living a blessed life is not simply a miraculous gift. Living a blessed life is something that you and I make happen, something in which we use God's gifts, in which we use the wisdom that God has taught to us, in which we actually use and reach out for God's help in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what results from all of this is the fifth thing that we learn. What results from all of this is a happier and more successful society. That's simply the way it is. If you study human history, you realize that societies do not thrive. They do not function. They do not live very long when it's only about one person. When everything in the society is focused on the one or the few. Society works best, human life works best when people are working together. In the wilderness, in Moses' time, we're told that the people went to their own homes in peace. That word peace in the Old Testament is huge. It's not just about the fact that there's nobody fighting with each other. It's about the fact that everybody is experiencing the blessing and the joy and the fullness of life. That's what peace is, really. Shalom is the Hebrew word for it. When the people of uh, the, the Hebrew slaves, through Moses and through Jethro, when they organize themselves in the way that God means for people to be organized, they experienced the blessing of God. In the church, of course, when the 12 went to the 11, there was a great disruption in that community, in that body. That's what happens when when things go awry, when there's betrayal and mistrust. But then when the group becomes whole again, when they are once again 12, big things begin to happen. God's Spirit is poured out among them all. We'll be starting next week a discussion that will take us all through the summer, through all of June and July and August, talking about the stories of the Acts of the Apostles, what happened in the life of the church, in the life of God's people, people like you and me, as God's Spirit began to move among them. Those are important things for us to learn today about how the Spirit moves among us and empowers us to do things to meet the challenges of life today. But let's just note today that when people are gathered together, that those big things begin to happen. And so what do you and I do with all of this today? When I go to the scriptures, I go there not just to find interesting and inspiring stories and beautiful poetry and something that might make me feel a little bit better. 
I go to the scriptures and you should go to the scriptures. We go to the scriptures so that we can find out what we're supposed to do with that information today. Well, let's talk about that a moment. For yourself, for each one of us as individual people, these stories teach us that we need always to seek help. We need to seek out relationships. We need to involve other people in our lives because no one can live successfully all by themselves. We need to give that same thing to others. We need to give our wisdom and our love and our encouragement to others. And we need to accept what they offer to us, what is wise and faithful and loving. That's the way life works best. Each one of us as individuals need to seek that out. And then for ourselves, ourselves together, as hard as it sometimes can be, we must work with each other. In the story of the Exodus, we hear that even though Moses was the leader, he had wise counselors. He listened to them. He selected the best among those who were around him. It is from that example, friends, that, that the system of government that we have in our nation today exists. We have a system of government that I realize doesn't always work perfectly, but it's a system that's designed to use the gifts and the skills and the wisdom of everybody. We do not trust one single leader we do not have a king who rules over all. We do not have a dictator who rules over all. We are ruled by the voice of the many. That is the ideal of our national system. That is the ideal of our church system. That is the ideal that is given to us in Scripture, and it's one that I will never let go of. Of course, government leaders are not perfect. They are only people after all. In the last few months now of this crisis, we've heard plenty of criticism coming from all over the place about how this governor or that leader did not do the right thing. Well, friends, rather than criticize, I would rather pray for those leaders and appreciate the good efforts that I think have come from most, if not all, in order to help lead us in this unprecedented time. Let's admit something else. Let's admit the fact that the truth about our need to work with each other is not limited only to dealing with the problems of the coronavirus. We have plenty of other problems in life to deal with today. And God's solution, partly, is for us to work together. Nations do not get along with each other. People of different races do not get along with each other. The big news in our nation in the last few days has been about that very problem, the evils of racism. The only way that we transcend those things is by working with each other, and not just racism, of course. Pick your problem. Poverty, sexual slavery, hunger, the list is endless. The list is endless, but we will not solve those things without working with each other. Helen Reddy's song includes these lines. You and me against the world. Sometimes it seems like you and me against the world. And for all the times we've cried, I've always felt that God was on our side. Indeed, God is on our side, and God calls us to be on his side and on each other's side so that one day there are no sides. There is only us together. If you feel alone today, know this that you can call out to God and others who truly love God, and they will love you. If you are not reaching out to others to include them, then, then that's your call and mine. You and me and God working together can and will make this world a better place, 
a place of peace. Amen. Brothers and sisters, will you please join me as together we affirm our faith in Jesus Christ. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. We walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We set our minds on the spirit, which is life and peace. By the spirit, we put to death the deeds of the body and we will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Amen. Friends, here's your homework for today and all the rest of the days of your lives. I want you to think of one place in your life today where you can reach out and work with someone who would not normally be a part of your life. And then I want you to think about including someone in your life who can work with you. And in all of that, let's take strength from each other, strength that ultimately is a gift from God 
as we work together in this good creation that he has given to all of us as our home. And now, friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you his peace today and always. Amen. Whoa.